This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how inadequate data may be impacting your used vehicle department at reyrey.com slash used cars. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y.com slash used dash cars. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year automotive news digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, December 21st, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, dealership profits are falling. We'll tell you by how much. The EPA says new vehicles set a fuel economy record in 2022. And we've got a couple big recalls to tell you about. Plus, we'll look back at the year Stellantis had in 2023. The company was very profitable overall. I know the, the, the Jeep brand in the uh, in US was down. You know, they're on the verge of uh, five consecutive years of down sales here. But uh, overall, I mean, they're still, they're getting along. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Pre-tax profits for the average dealership in the U.S. dropped by almost 20% in the first nine months of 2023 compared with a year earlier. Gross profit per new vehicle sold tumbled 26%. That's according to an inaugural report by the Presidio Group and NCM Associates. Presidio is an investment banking and buy-sell advisory firm in Denver and Atlanta, and NCM is a dealership training and consulting company. Presidio President George Carolis says profits are coming down from record highs during the pandemic when vehicles were scarce. I think there was a gradual process of normalization this year that seems to have accelerated towards the end of the third quarter and into the fourth quarter. And so I'd say most dealers, you know, saw their business normalizing and grosses and profitability coming down somewhat and expenses going up right with rates and, and costs being higher. According to the report, average store income also slipped in 2022, but it was still more than triple the average in 2018. So even with the drop in 2023, the average store's pre-tax profit is on track to be two and a half times 2018 levels. The EPA says new vehicles sold in the U.S. set a record high for fuel economy in 2022, with the highest yearly improvement in nine years to an average of 26 miles per gallon. Vehicles were up 0.6 miles per gallon over 2021. The EPA notes that electric vehicles and plug-in hybrid EVs improved the average fuel economy by 1.2 miles per gallon in 2022. That implies that gasoline-powered vehicles were less efficient in 2022. The agency forecasts the fuel economy will increase to almost 27 miles per gallon in 2023. The U.S. is considering raising tariffs on Chinese electric vehicles and other goods. That's as it tries to limit reliance on Asia's biggest economy and shield its own green industry. That's according to anonymous sources who spoke with The Wall Street Journal. While officials in President Biden's administration have largely left in place the Trump-era tariffs on around $300 billion of Chinese goods, the people say the White House and other agencies are debating the levies again with an eye on completing a review of the tariffs early in the new year. 
China has become a global powerhouse in electric vehicles. Bloomberg NEF estimates that it accounts for about 60% of the world's 14 million new passenger EV sales in 2023. And both of Japan's biggest automakers are dealing with major recalls. Honda is recalling more than 2.5 million Honda and Acura vehicles in the U.S. for a fuel pump defect that could cause the engine to stall while driving. Honda said on Tuesday that it has not received any reports of crashes or injuries related to the issue. The automaker also said it has fielded more than 4,000 warranty claims stemming from the defect as of December 12th. Meanwhile, Toyota Motor North America is recalling more than a million Toyota and Lexus models globally for malfunctioning sensors that could prevent airbags from deploying in a crash. Toyota spokesperson Joshua Burns declined to comment on whether there have been any injuries, accidents, or deaths related to the issue. To fix the defect, dealers will inspect the sensors and replace them as necessary. You can find all of the models and years affected by both recalls at autonews.com. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, pre-tax profits for U.S. auto dealers are falling this year. Will it get worse before it gets better? Oh, most definitely. It will get worse, but let's let's not kid ourselves. It's still pretty darn good. Uh, these are coming down from super high, I mean, record high, unthinkably high profits. The profits got so high, the NADA, the National Automobile Dealers Association, stopped sharing how profitable the average dealership was. Uh, that's part of why Automotive News pays so much attention to this new report from Presidio. So yeah, profits are coming down and they're going to get a lot more normal. They're going to keep coming down. You know, we're seeing inventory rise. You know, interest rates are a little high, so things are going to get tough. Dealers have been making a lot of money on new vehicles, selling them at above sticker price. That trend is really going away again. Uh, so they're going to have to lean more on used vehicles and service and parts department and the rest of the business to help make up for that. And they're just going to have to get by with probably lower profits. Gotcha. Coming up. We had plenty of news to report on Stellantis throughout 2023. We'll talk about the automaker's biggest stories next on Daily Drive. The auto industry's shift to carbon neutrality is here and it's accelerating. But is it enough? This is a moral imperative, an economic imperative, a moment of peril, but also a moment of extraordinary possibilities. No more hesitancy, no more excuses. No more waiting for the others to move first. There is simply no more time for that. Driving to Zero is a new podcast series from Automotive News that looks at the auto industry's roadmap to carbon neutrality. We take a big picture look at the environmental, political, and social trends pushing the move toward a greener future. And we pull back the curtain on how these decisions are being made at the highest levels. I said, you know, the, the headline that you need is is GM believes in an all-electric future. And I think Dan Ammon and Mary Barra pretty much said the same thing, which is, is like, but, but we, we don't. Spoiler alert, they came around to that idea. Find out how and much more. I'm Jake Neer. Join me and Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters on Driving to Zero. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Lack of inventory, increased auction fees, and a volatile market means stocking your lot can be challenging these days. To be successful, you have to move fast. You need to make decisions quickly at auction. 
you need to inspect trade-ins and decide on an offer that will benefit you without slowing down the sales process. You need to appraise and price vehicles with the most up-to-date information possible in a market that can change quickly. But the data you rely on to make these decisions could be holding you back. How often do you find yourself manually filtering through comps because there are outliers that don't match the vehicle you're appraising? When unexpected mechanical issues come up, how much time do you have to spend looking back through comps to reprice the vehicle and determine if the reconditioning costs are worth it? How long do you spend searching through individual auction and third-party websites for the inventory you need? These problems affect the entire used vehicle process from acquisition to appraisal to merchandising. Visit rayray.com slash used cars to explore how old and irrelevant vehicle information may be holding you back and discover how to make improvements for faster, more accurate, and more profitable decisions. That's rey.com slash used dash cars. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Stellantis entered 2023 with an eye on UAW negotiations and trying to strengthen earnings of some of its most important brands, especially Jeep. Through a labor strike and uncertain economic conditions, the company still came out pretty strong this year. Vince Bond Jr. covers Stellantis for us at Automotive News. He joins me to talk about the biggest stories he covered this year and what's next for the automaker. Vince Bond, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me. Of course, this is part of our year in review conversations. And wow, you really just can't look back at 2023 for Stellantis without talking about the UAW. No. <laughs> uh, really, some contentious talks, some of, some kind of personal attacks, at least criticism, if you will, of uh, Mark Stewart, the head of uh, Stellantis here in North America. But in the end, they, they came to a deal and what is the key takeaway for you from this UAW contract? I mean, very generous wage increases for the, the workers, um, but what, what else did they get and, and what, what were the most meaningful developments? Uh, the big thing for me was that uh, they saved lots of jobs. Uh, I believe they said they were going to add around 5,000, give or take, uh, throughout this contract. And so that was a huge win. And then they also secured a, a major product down in Belvedere, Illinois, and of course, that was a hot topic uh, throughout the negotiations. Uh, that plant was idle back in February. Uh, you know, over the years, that plant has supported thousands of jobs. And so that was really a huge, uh, a huge plus for the region that that's going to come back. In addition to that, Belvedere gets a, a battery plant at some point and a, a Mopar warehouse. And so that's uh, just one, one small piece of this deal that was uh, very expansive, uh, you know, throughout. Really important win for the union to get that plant reopened. What looks like a pretty secure future. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. And then uh, they're getting a really important product in the midsize pickup truck. Uh, that's a really competitive segment where they can uh, compete. You know, that's been sort of a, a white space for them. They haven't been there in a while, so they can feel that and jump in a competition, see what they can get from the Tacoma, which is which has been dominating for a long time. That segment has gotten, you know, it first got, got a little lonely for Toyota, and now it's getting super crowded again because uh, Stellantis was kind of in that segment with the Jeep uh, Renegade, but now have a proper, you know, Ram midsize pickup uh, along with the Chevy and the Ford. Uh, oh, it's, uh, it's going to be vicious. Yeah, yeah. And so actually, and dealers saw a, a concept for this uh, midsize pickup uh, back in March, I believe, in Vegas during a, a big dealer meeting. 
And uh, so that was actually an EV concept. But I did speak with the Ram CEO, with the former CEO for that brand, uh, Mike Koval, uh, back in New York at the auto show. And uh, he said it's possible that that vehicle could also get uh, gasoline powertrains in, in some regions, uh, dep depending on, you know, if there are EV sales in those regions or if they should just do gas and get better, uh, better performance there. One of the surprising upshots of the UAW talks was Stellantis' decision to pull out of SEMA, the LA Auto Show, and then CES in January. That was very surprising to me, I think partly because those events were coming right up. And so a lot of the money probably had already been spent, although I suppose maybe they were concerned that um, it could fall flat and you know, it could look bad to be out there talking about new products and trying to be excited about your brands when you're still facing a strike and contentious labor talks. Is there a sense uh, when you talk to people within the company or other people watching them, is there a belief that that this was just a, a temporary pause because of the cost of the strike? Or does it seem more like Stellantis is reconsidering their their marketing approach to these big events? Uh, yeah, it's hard to say right now. Uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty with those plans. But I think really the big clue is going to be, so already you mentioned LA, you mentioned Chicago or mentioned uh, CES. But the big one is going to be Chicago for me, because if, if they pull out of Chicago, that means we really have to watch what they're going to do in the following months. You have New York coming soon after that, you know, in April. So that's going to be the, the major uh, driver. Well, you know, since uh, since the pandemic, you know, it's the main main companies that have been supporting the big auto shows in North America have been Stellantis and the Hyundai Group. It feels like most auto shows, it's, you know, you, me and, uh, you know, Carly <laughs> being doing most of the news. And, uh, you know, if uh, if Stellantis is maybe reconsidering their approach to New York and L.A. longer term, that would be really troublesome for the, the auto show scene. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, especially L.A. I mean, that's uh, right in the, the heart of the huge California EV market. You know, they have some really important products coming out next year. And consumers didn't have a chance to see those vehicles this year. I mean, you have the Jeep Recon, Jeep Wagoneer S, the new Dodge uh, Charger EV concept that was shown, Ram Rev uh, EV pickup. I mean, those products weren't just weren't around. So now what? Yeah, they've been you know showing some EVs and talking about them for a while, uh, but they've really just had um, you know plug-in hybrids on the market, gaining some good experience with that. Uh, but this is going to be a really pivotal year for them to actually bring EVs to the U.S. market. Yeah. Then, uh, like, I, like you said, it's a pivotal year and they're not on the ground letting people see those products right before they come out. So that's. Uh, yeah. They'll have to work around that. Usually a really important part of the marketing is and especially for a brand for brands like the traditional Chrysler brands, which have always been great on uh, great at selling. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I actually spoke to a company called Foresight Research that does uh, just research around consumer behavior at auto shows. And they said the LA show is just really huge when it comes to EV awareness and knowledge. And uh, it's just it's a big opportunity missed in a, in a huge year that's coming up for them. Yeah, and that, that's been a show where they've made news before, even sometimes surprising news. I think it was the, the Wrangler 4xe that 
they didn't tell us was coming. And then uh, Mike Manley, when he was running Jeep and, you know, announced that out in LA. So yeah, it's um, a market where they would seem to have some chance to get attention. And uh, so uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, what they do next year. Bigger picture though, you know, Carlos Tavares, uh, the CEO of Stellantis has talked about the need to take costs out. Of course, he's uh, well known for his frugality, but he's talking about a target of a, a $25,000 EV. Of course, you know, Stellantis doesn't sell. I don't think they sell anything for $25,000 <laughs> even that's gas burning in the US. How do people in this market think about that sort of a price target? Well, from who I've talked to, uh, they say it's going to be really tough to get down to that mark. Uh, I know Carlos mentioned that there's a, a vehicle coming next year in Europe that's going to be at 23,000 euros, which is uh, a little bit more than 25K here, but they're getting close to it, you know, with a small car in Europe. But as far as our region and we have the, you know, the SUVs, pickups, you're just not going to get that down to 25 anytime soon. And I know that Carlos has been really big on uh, the middle class and making sure you stay affordable uh, for them. But that 25K target he was talking about is, uh, I think it's a long ways off. Yeah, it, it it seems like a great goal, but you know, vehicles typically are forty thousand dollars anymore, and it's hard to find very many that are under thirty. And like you said, I mean, they've got some vehicles that they sell in Europe that they really consider too small for the U.S. The Jeep Avenger, you know, for one, and they can't blame them. You know, in a world with Ram twenty five hundreds, uh, you need to be careful out there driving a little Fiat or or something that small. And so there are practical limitations uh, in the market. Uh, Americans just aren't going to buy that many if they're super tiny. No, no. Unless they have something up their sleeve that they're going to surprise us with in a couple couple months. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a mystery right now. So, you know, we had all this, you know, noise and uh, drama around the UAW. How did the business perform overall? So actually, the company was uh, very, very profitable overall. I mean, it was a pretty strong year. I know the the, the Jeep brand in uh, in U.S. was down. You know, they're on the verge of uh, five consecutive years of down sales here. But uh, overall, I mean, they're still they're getting along. They're not they're not really uh, struggling. Profitability has been great, but it is strange to see Jeep on this slide. What? How is that viewed? Is it is there a sense like oh, has Jeep lost its mojo? Or is it just, you know, a little bit of Bronco and a little bit of portfolio adjustments? I mean, they've changed the leadership globally and for North America. So it makes it gives the impression that uh, Mr. Tavares is not happy with the performance of Jeep. Uh, Yeah. So you mentioned the Bronco. I mean, that is pulling a little bit from the Wrangler, but uh, overall, it's still not enough to really uh, put a huge dent in their their audience at all. Uh, The Wrangler is going to sell and is going to keep selling. But just the brand in general. I mean, they're losing some of those uh, volume products at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, the Cherokee is on its way out. You know, the Jeep Renegade. Uh, we just had that story last week. That's uh, on its way out in the U.S. market in Canada. The Compass is going to be the new entry level model at around twenty nine thousand, and that'll be the only uh, Jeep that you can get with a price tag under thirty before tax, of course. Yeah, the Cherokee and the and the Renegade were. I'm sorry. I said Renegade earlier when I was talking about the Jeep, uh, the pickup. I meant the Gladiator. The, the the Gladiator pickup is what they have in the midsize segment. But yeah, the Cherokee and the Renegade were a couple of the more affordable Jeeps. 
and take those away, that's definitely going to hurt volume, maybe not hurt the profitability so much. Yeah, and then profitability, I mean, they're, they're going upscale, man. They got the, the Wagoneer, the Grand Wagoneer. Then we have the bigger Wagoneer L, Grand Wagoneer L. Uh, we have the EVs coming next year, uh, the Jeep Recon and the Jeep uh, Wagoneer S. Those are going to have some uh, premium price tags. It's not going to be cheap. But, uh, I mean, it should be pretty uh, pocket-friendly for the dealers and Stellantis. We should also acknowledge the passing of the, the end of the road for these big uh, big cars the, uh, and some of the, the muscle cars. The, the 300, I mean, it was a really dynamically styled vehicle you know, when it came out. And it's managed to hold on for quite a while and now finally uh, to the end of the line. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a, a popular vehicle. I mean, I have one myself, but uh, it was just really a, a pop culture icon. You know, it really took the, the hip hop community by storm. I mean, it was in so many videos back in the day. You know, that's when I saw it and I said, hey, I want one of those. And so so, so eventually I got one based on those uh, those pop culture you know, experiences. And so, the, yeah, that's a huge one that's going to be on its way out. You could get it for as little as like $20,000. I mean, you could get a nice one in the high 30s. Uh, but you could get in a nice, big, well-styled car in the in the low twenties, which I mean, twenty even twenty years ago, that was a pretty remarkable value. Yeah, yeah, and they put out a special edition sort of to mark the the end of that vehicle, and they had a you know V eight engine, you know, huge horsepower, so sort of a, a nice send off, you know, to that that legacy of the three hundred. As as uh, Ralph Gilles told me, it's the the businessman's muscle car. <laughs> I like it. Very very classy. Very Ralph. Good description. Uh, so before I let you go, what are what are the big things we're going to be you're going to be looking for uh, in 2024? Uh, at least uh, no labor talks for this year. <laughs> yes, no labor talks. But uh, this is going to be just a huge uh, year when it comes to Slantis's EV plans. I mean, this is like ground zero for them. Jeep Recon EV, uh, Wagoneer S EV, Ram Rev, Ram Charger, which is sort of like a gasoline electric model <laughs> right. you know with the onboard generator that's really going to change the paradigm when it comes to you know eco-friendly trucks out there you know you can still have that EV driving experience with the torque and still get the you know the power that comes with the a pickup and so you can still tow you have that generator on board to help you out so that's going to be a huge uh, shift for them and the industry in that space but yeah those are some huge models that I'm really uh, looking looking for and I know those are going to make some make some waves. Big product year for Stellantis. Well, we'll be looking forward to your coverage all through 2024 and beyond. Vince Bond Jr., thank you so much for joining me again on Daily Drive. No problem. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Julie Walker and Audrey LaForest for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on manufacturing, retail, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation about 2023 for Toyota and Volkswagen, both of which have been grappling with their electrification strategies. There's the internal debate, right? It's the same as the external debate. Do you go all EV? Do you transition slowly and uh, more naturally, let consumers come along? And they had that debate within Toyota. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.